Welcome to the Swim Swam podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining me today, the University of Iowa's Emma Sogstad and Sage Olin Salen. Uh, I'm very excited to get them on. Obviously, the University of Iowa has announced that, w- that it will be cutting swimming and diving after the 2020-2021 school year. Um, and I'm here to talk about, I'm here to talk with Sage and Emma about um, the past, present, and future of Iowa swimming and diving. Emma, can you, can you just uh, tell me in, in your own words the, the impact that Iowa swimming and diving has had on these athletes, uh, coaches, students, um, since you have been a part of this program? Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me on the show today. It is truly an honor to be able to talk about my experience and to be able to talk about the Iowa Hawkeyes. It, I truly do bleed black and gold. Uh, I think Sage can attest to that. Um, this program has formed me into who I am today. Um, and so I started, be- I began swimming at the young age of five um, in a little rec pool in Forest City, Iowa. So to give you a little bit of context of my hometown, it has 4,000 people, has four stoplights, six restaurants. So to be able to think about fast forward down the road that I would be sixth place at NCAAs in 2017 is just absolutely mind boggling. I didn't even know that swimming was such a big sport until I went to Mason City, Iowa, and I swam for their club in their high school. Um, And so Mark Long started to reach out to me in 2011, and that's when we began to develop a relationship. Um, And he made the drive, which is about two and a half hours, to Forest City, Iowa, and he went to the local A&W with me, because that's one of the six restaurants, and my parents. Um, And that is really when he sold me on not necessarily the program, but also who he is. Um, He's a very ethical man. Um, He is a very good role model. He sticks to what he says, and he also didn't make any promises that weren't true. So for a small town farm girl, I was like, this is the person who I want to swim for. Um, And then also the University of Iowa growing up, um, my family was always big fans. And so how I knew was my mom put Hawkeye floor mats after meeting Mark Long and seeing the team in my car. That's how (laughs) the decision was made. And so ever since then, um, freshman year, it was kind of an on-ramp of, hey, here's how the program works. This is what it takes to be an elite athlete. This is what it takes to be at the Division One level. And Mark walked alongside me throughout that year. Um, and sophomore, junior, senior year was just a, a J-curve of excelling in the sport and learning how to be that elite athlete, not only the 10% of training in the pool, but the 90% of what lifestyle choices you make. And um, with sleep, nutrition, and hydration. So I couldn't say enough wonderful things about the program and my experience with it. Um, It truly dictates a lot of my decisions that I make today because it formed me into who I am today. Yeah. Um, I mean, Emma, you were an NCAA All-American, as you mentioned, for the Hawkeyes. Uh, You served as an assistant coach for them. Um, I mean, what did it mean to you just to be able to come back to your alma mater and, and give back, you know, a little bit of, of what they had given you as a student athlete? It meant absolutely everything. So I love that I'm on this podcast with Sage um, because she did 
step into my shoes. She is a small town, somewhat small. Bettendorf's a lot bigger than Forest City. But <laughs> um, she is an Iowa girl, breaststroker, given a chance of a lifetime to become an Iowa Hawkeye. And so I remember, Sage, feel free to chime in here at any point, um, seeing her at the Hawkeye swim camps. And she was probably mm, sophomore in high school at that point when I was still an athlete coaching them. Um, and then I also remember working camps alongside Sage. And it was kind of like a scaffolding process. Of, I was heading out to my first um, Division One coaching job at Miami of Ohio. And Sage was stepping into her freshman year. So it truly is, our program is around generativity. How do we give back to those who gave us so much? Um, and you can see that in our alumni that have truly stepped up to the plate and they've just poured out their hearts that also bleed black and gold. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so <clears throat> I, I know you have to run, but one last question for you, Emma. Um, so you mentioned you, you took a teaching job. You, you, yeah, you took a teaching, you took a teaching position. Sorry, I don't know why that sounded weird to me. <laughs> In, um, in Western Des Moines. So, so uh, again, the Hawkeye program um, is going to be gone in the next year. Um, are, will you still be coaching? And, and if not, you know, that's, again, it's, it's one more lost opportunity because, because of a swim team being cut. Um, do, you, do, you, do you plan on still coaching? I know you're going to be teaching, but um, what, do you have any future plans in the aquatic sphere? I sure do. Um, one thing about me is I don't think I'll ever be off the pool deck. Um, it is a true passion of mine. And like I said, the generativity that was um, given freely to me, I want to freely give that back. Um, and so I have accepted a coaching position with the Des Moines um, YMCA, and I'm very excited to be able to coach with their elite team. Um, but also, I'm really hoping that something can happen with eye swimming and diving. Um, one of my goals, I did didn't necessarily want to leave, but I knew that it was the right next step. Um, I didn't really want to leave until my name was off that record board, until um, somebody got to experience what it's like stepping up in the A final at the Big Ten championships. I wanted someone to experience what it was like to step up at the NCAA championships with a Hawkeye cap and <laughs> to have Mark Long and the assistant coaches just staring at you like, you can do this, like you have prepared for this. Um, in so many different ways. And I wanted to be one of those coaches standing there. Um, and so I'm really hoping that we can do something. We can gather people around to share the value of the student athlete experience. They can share their information, um, whether that's text or email, so we can keep them updated with how we're moving along and what, what we're doing to try to save not only swimming and diving, but also tennis and gymnastics, because I've been reaching out um, to their programs and they're, they're just as heartbroken as we are. They're, they're pretty historic programs as well. Um, and then lastly, to share the connections that, that we have, um, not only to each other, but also broaden the base. Um, so my heartbeat will always be with swimming and diving and especially I was swimming and diving, um, in whatever capacity. And what's amazing is the alumni that have 100% stepped up and they have connected to each other and also broadened and it's amazing the amount of people that have shared the impact the program has had with them to the point where they want to give back as well well <clears throat> thank you so much emma that's i mean that's really heartwarming insight um i want to pull sage in now and uh again as we know the program has been cut but it's it's I, it was over a hundred years old, I believe. 
Um, it's one of the oldest programs, swim programs in the NCAA. Um, and, and Sage, I'd like to ask, can you give us just a little background um, from your perspective on this historic program? Yeah, I would love to. So Iowa Swim and Dive, I believe it's 103 going on 104 years old. So this is a seriously historic program. We are one of the first programs in the United States. And, you know, obviously because of that, we're one of the oldest. Uh, what a lot of people don't realize is that Butterfly was invented here. Um, I'm sitting on, I live on Melrose Court, which is about a one minute walk from the field house, which is our old pool, which is, I think it was built in the 30s. I might be wrong but um, very, very old pool. And that was where the butterfly was invented. That was where David Armbruster first started experimenting with an overarm recovery for the breaststroke. And that's actually how the butterfly started was it you know, grew out of the breaststroke and then became the butterfly. And then it was kind of this weird hybrid and then split into two different strokes, the butterfly and the breaststroke. And that all happened here at the University of Iowa. The University of Iowa also has a lot to do with underwaters. There were a lot of underwater work that went on here, um, a lot of it with David Armbruster, with people that he coached and then people that they coached, and it just went down the line. So when you are watching the Olympics, a lot of what you are seeing was engineered here at the University of Iowa. So when you talk about removing this program, you are removing a huge piece of history out of swimming, not just from Iowa, but from the entire world, because stuff that happened here is they are or it's a large part of what's going on in swimming around the world. So it's, you can't take away this program because you're taking away the history that makes swimming what it is today. And so, and it's going to continue to evolve because we even have a hydraulics lab right now that we were working in contingency with to do more, um, I guess, hypothesis um, of what can make our sport better. We are about 15% efficient in the water. And so Mark was also partnering with our hydraulics lab to see what else we can do for the sport of swimming. So, I mean, that sounds, that sounds amazing, right? That's, that's, that's a lot. Of, obviously, there's been a lot of history made in this program, a lot of time and energy put into this program, you know, it, up to present day. Um, <clears throat> so... So can you can you take me through um, the surprise, the shock, just the experience of finding out this news for yourself? Yeah, so that was probably the worst day of my life. Um, I woke up in the morning, you know, slept in, and I had this urgent text message that said, you need to be at Carver-Hawkeye Arena, which is where all the basketball games are. You need to be at Carver-Hawkeye Arena at 1030. This is non-negotiable. You have to be there. And, you know, in college athletics, it's kind of a rule that you have to give student athletes a 24-hour notice before you put something on their schedule. So I knew this was going to be really bad when I had gotten the message just a couple hours before. The other reason I was concerned is because I actually had COVID testing scheduled, um, not because I was showing symptoms, but because all athletes have to get COVID tested before they're allowed to start practicing. And um, this meeting took precedent over that. So my COVID testing was canceled. So um, we were all really nervous. Our group chat was blowing up. People were walking into the meeting already crying. We knew something bad was going to happen, but we had no idea how bad it was going to be. Uh, the popular consensus was that it was going to, you know, swimming was going to be canceled for one year and then we'd be back. That's really what we all thought was going to happen. So we're all like, you know, talking to each other like, it's okay, we'll register. Like, it'll be fine. We'll, be, we'll all be okay. So we're, we go down and they bring us four floors down. So we're sitting in the basement and it's this, this like old practice gym and we're sitting in these metal folding chairs all six feet apart, you know, with masks on. It's, it literally was like the Hunger Games. It was scary. And um, our athletic director gets up there and he starts talking and he says, um, 
I have, or he says, uh, you, you guys probably know this is not good news. You probably know that already. And, you know, we're all looking at each other like, oh God, like the worst is happening. And he said, but I do have good news. The good news is that you guys will be able to compete this year for Iowa. But then after that, your programs will be discontinued at Iowa. And it was just the mood in the room completely changed. Everybody started crying. People were shocked. They were gasped. You know, it was, the mood was just, it was awful. Um, Gary, then I think he talked for, and he's our athletic director. He talked for probably one more minute and then he left. So he, I don't feel like he gave us, you know, the, the goodbye we deserved. I don't think he gave us any explanations, any answers. And then he just left. And then a couple other guys came in and they answered our questions. And those guys that came in, you know, I, I like them. I know them. They're, they, they shouldn't have been answering our questions. It should have been our athletic director. So I felt that the way we were told was disrespectful and I was not, not a fan. Sure. Um, I mean, I think hard news to deliver anyway, but you, you have to, you have to do it with some sensitivity and it doesn't sound like that was the case. No, there was no apology. <clears throat> Which, yeah, that's hard. And, and to, to, to hear that a program that's changed your life isn't going to happen. Uh, especially when it's delivered with the, with the good news of, well, you can swim this year, but we don't even know if swimming's happening this year. Exactly. Right. Um, it sounds like a blow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, it looks like you guys have mobilized in a few different ways. Can you, can you take me through what people can do to help support this program? Yes, that's a great question. So we have a petition and we're already over 20,000 signatures. Um, I think everybody is going about this in their own way to try to solve this issue, which is really cool to see everybody come up with different ways to help. So me personally, I've reached out to upwards of 40 different news agencies asking, you know, to, to make this a story, to get the word out. Because, you know, the more word that we have on this story, the more press, the more publicity. That means that maybe there'll be people out there who want to help. And that's, that's what's great about social media. Um, I've also contacted 40 different Olympians <laughs> and asked them for help just to post our story, you know, post our petition. And I heard back from Tom Shields, Bria Larson, and Katie Miley. So thank you to those three. And if you're an Olympian and you're seeing this, chances are that I was in your DMs earlier this week. So check it. Um, yeah. And really what we need from the swimming world is just let us know how unhappy you are. You know, whether you're tweeting at Iowa Swim and Dive or Iowa Athletics or you're signing our petition or you're posting stories about this, all that we need is press and publicity. We don't want to let this die because once people stop talking about it, that's when we're in trouble. But since people are still talking about it, our signature on the petition are like going up exponentially, we're still in really good shape. So I guess what we're looking for from the public is spread this, keep talking about it, sign our petition and let people know that you're upset. Do you, do, do you have, 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 have you guys talked to the athletic director, um, any higher ups about the, the actual potential of reversing this decision? So, um, in that original meeting that we were in, mm-hmm. our athletic director, his name is Gary Barta. He said, you know, this is final. There's nothing you can do. But as athletes, we are trained that when we hear something's impossible, we make it possible. That's just how our minds work from, you know, athletes for, from every sport, especially swimming. Swimming's really hard. So, you know, you learn how to push past boundaries. So when he told us that, I think, it, I think we all almost took it like a challenge. 
we're all like, okay, it's impossible. So that means we're going to do it. We're going to find a way to do it. So, you know, he's, he might say it's impossible, but nobody on our team is believing that nobody in the alumni group is believing that. So just because he says it's impossible, that's his opinion. That's not our opinion. We're going to make this possible. And again, you might not have an answer for this. There might not be an answer for this. Is, is there something concrete to where it's like, okay, well, now we know that this is possible. Do you know, do you have a goal? Do you have something in mind that, that might um, shed light on how that possibility happens? Or are you guys still just trying to find where, where the boundary actually is and, and then how you can break it down? So unfortunately, since I'm still on the team, I'm being shielded from the grown-up talk. So <laughs> I'm kind of kept out of all like the negotiations and the, the important talk. My mom is <laughs> kind of cluing me into some of it, but uh, I think they're, they're a little worried that we're going to lose track of our schoolwork and stuff. So I'm, I'm not a part of those discussions, though I really wish I was. <laughs> but I do know our coach is really optimistic. Uh, yesterday he gave us this like super awesome speech about how much he cares about this program and how he's not going to stop fighting and none of us are going to stop fighting. And it was amazing optimism. And, you know, we had an awesome practice after that. So, you know, I don't know if there is a concrete sign. I think the biggest sign is that there are thousands of people out there who aren't going to stop fighting. And I think that's all we need to know. Yeah. And I mean, that, that sends a powerful message in and of itself. And, uh, the, you know, the fact that your leader, the head coach is, is still fighting and still trying to make this happen. Um, it is obviously a good sign. It, it seems like a, a pretty cool situation that you guys do have this year, um, as a team and, and officially on the books, because again, a year is, is, is a lot of time to make something change. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so looking forward though, um, if the Iowa program in the hypothetical that it is indeed cut and removed from swimming after this next year, um, you know, for you as a student athlete, as a senior on this team, um, as, as a leader and, and as a lifelong swimmer, what, what do you see the ripple effect of, of the Iowa program leaving forever as? So yeah, I see a lot of concern right there. Um, Iowa is a member of a power five conference, you know, big 10 and big 10 is notorious in swimming because they're so fast. There's so many great swimmers and great schools that are in the big 10. Um, Iowa leaving is sending a terrible example to other schools. You know, Iowa's in a power five conference. We're supposed to be role models. We're supposed to, you know, show the athletic community the right way to behave, the right things to do. And our school not being able to figure out how to fund a $508,000 a year program is inexcusable. And it's sending a terrible message to every other school out there. Like, this is okay. You know, you're in debt. Oh, cut the swim team. And that's not what should be happening, especially because this is an Olympic year. You know, we should be supporting the sports that are in the Olympics, but no swimming and gymnastics and tennis gone. So I, it, I'm not happy with that right now because the last thing I want to see is for this to happen to other schools because I know the pain that I'm feeling and the pain that my team is feeling and I never would want another school to feel this. I also am concerned at the club level, especially in the state of Iowa. Um, there's no longer a men's division one program in the state of Iowa. And that's a huge concern um, because now, you know, if you're 
you know, you're a parent and you have a child and you're thinking about what sport to put him in. Why would you want to put him in a sport where, you know, he might not be able to go division one if he wants to like, that's, you know, why would you put him in swimming? So that's my concern is that this could affect participation at the club level, which then will affect swimming as a whole. You know, this, this is bigger than just Iowa being cut. This is a potential danger to the sport of swimming. And the last thing that I would ever want to see is for the sport of swimming to decline, to go down, to, you know, cease to exist because this sport has given me so much and it's given, you know, my teammates, my friends, you know, even the kids that I swam with when I was five so much. So that's the absolute last thing that I want to see. You know, Emma, Emma had a rich, rich swimming background in Iowa and it sounds like you have the same. Can you give us a little bit of your background um, in swimming and in swimming in Iowa? Yeah, I would love to. So I'm from Baton Rouge, Iowa, which is slightly bigger than Emma's town, but still, still, you know, a, a suburb. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started swimming when I was five, just like Emma. I was one of those people that was on like every club team in the area. I think I swam for seven different club teams. Um, absolutely. I loved swimming. It was my heart and soul. I put everything into it. Um, however, my senior year, I, I wasn't ex- like fast enough to get like a scholarship you know, to a big division one school, like I wanted to go to, and I couldn't afford to go out of state. So my option, you know, my goal was to be able to walk on to Iowa. And, you know, when I, when I was able to walk on to Iowa, that day that I got the call from the assistant coach offering me a walk on position was the happiest day of my entire life. And, you know, it's ironic. Cause now the saddest day of my life is when it was cut. So a little <laughs> irony right there, but, um, and it, it hurts me that other people might not have that, that same opportunity. Cause you know, it's not fair that just because, you know, you can't afford to go out of state, you might not be able to swim. You know, that's because of Iowa, because of in-state tuition and, you know, that I was able to walk on, it gave me the opportunity of a lifetime and I owe everything that I am today to this program. And because of this opportunity that I was given and, you know, my brother right now, he's a junior in high school and he's going through the exact same thing that I'm going through. And Iowa is the last in-state boys program and now it's gone. So he has no idea what he's going to do now. And my heart goes out to him and my heart goes out to thousands of other kids that are just like him. So this decision needs to be reversed, not just for, you know, the purpose and the history, but because there are kids who need this program who might not realize right now that they need it, but they do because it's going to change their life. So, so on that note, um, You know, to wrap up this conversation, moving forward, what 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 are you doing to to again to again mobilize this? What can we do? You know, how how can we show support um, to try to get this Iowa program reinstated? Yeah, so spread the message, tell everyone, retweet everything. You know, repost. You know, post on your Instagram stories, post on your Snapchat stories, sign our petition. Um, and please encourage your friends and your family to do the same. Um, we have a lot of support groups. So, you know, on Facebook, you can, if you did happen to go to the university of Iowa, you can join the alumni page. Um, or even if you didn't, my mom's in it, she didn't go to Iowa. I don't know how she got in it, but like, you know, you can just join these groups, offer to help. It means so much to us. Um, anything, anything you think you can do, you know, the most important thing I think is just spreading the word, telling people that this happened, we're upset about it. And it needs to be fixed. You know, social media is a powerful thing. And I think this is one of those instances where we can use it to our advantage and we can make something amazing happen. 
And then I also just want to say thank you to everybody who has shown us support, you know, those, those couple Olympians and then the 20,000 people who have signed our petition and all the news agencies who have published or posted something about this. It means so much to us and, you know, we're never going to stop fighting. I don't care if it's a year, I don't care if it's 10 years, I will always fight for this program because Iowa has fought for me. Powerful words, Sage. Um, as, we're, as we're wrapping up this conversation, do you have any parting thoughts? Go Hawks. We, don't never, we will never stop fighting. We will save Iowa Swim and Dive. You've been listening to the Swim Swam Podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam Podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.